Hi, I'm Dr. Jonathan Fields, and I'm live on Sophie Land. Hi, Dr. Fields. I am Sophie, and I'm your host and tour guide. Thank you so much for talking to me at Sophie Land. Would you mind telling the audience who you are and introducing yourself? Yeah, absolutely. My doctorate and master's are both in acupuncture and Eastern medicine. Outside of that, I practice functional medicine, stem cells, regenerative medicine. We have some longevity clinics, anti-aging clinics, and we're working on opening up um, another clinic with uh, ketamine-assisted therapy. You have so many interests. You have so many job titles. You have so many things going on. How do you keep a balanced life with all of that? Uh, balance is the trick question there. Um, some people might not think it's so balanced. Uh, to be honest, uh, my biggest vice is I probably don't sleep enough. <laughs> so I have an extra few hours a day that most people do not. My acupuncturist is always on me about high quality sleep. It definitely, it, it's, it, you know, we've seen a lot of the science changing on it the last few years. There's been a lot more data coming out about how important it is for mental health, physical health, um, cardiovascular health, yeah. and so on. Uh, the one thing I will tell you, though, is I always feel great. I do no caffeine, no sugar, and I don't have any problems. I can usually get by with four or five hours of sleep and still function at a relatively high level, I think. And, uh, you know, maybe once a week I'll catch up or pop a nap if I pass out. <laughs> That's so interesting. I, my acupuncturist really wants me to stop drinking coffee mm. as well. Do you, is there like a reason that you don't take it? Do you find that it messes up with your sleep patterns? Not at all. I just don't need it. I've right. never needed it for energy. I actually, I, I like the taste of it. Yeah. Uh, I actually enjoy like black coffee or an espresso from time Do you ever take like time. a decaf? No. No, no, I, I don't like it that much. Um, if I'm going to drink it, I'm going to drink the real thing. But, you know, there was, a, I think, a time that uh, my wife would make coffee in the morning. And I would just try some and then she would get mad if I was drinking it all. But then I just, for a little while, I did that and then I just gave up on it. I just never found I really needed it. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't have anything against it. And I think if you're not like super high stress or high anxiety or palpitations or, you know, um, rapid heart rate, I think for most people, coffee is pretty healthy. There are a lot of health benefits. If totally. you have a good quality coffee, and if you're not drinking it in excess, uh, do I think six cups of coffee a day is good? No. No, that's true. But I mean, anything right. in excess is not no, good. 100%. I, that's, what, that's what I always say, too. Like, I'm like, I can have, like, my single cup of espresso that I'm having in the morning because that's really kind of where I cap that's it. That's perfect. You know? That's perfect. I will drink, like, black tea throughout the day, but I've even started to peter down on that. And, like, after 3 p.m. or so, I'll switch to, like, an herbal tea. I got myself in trouble years ago with, with green tea, just drinking too much throughout the day because it dehydrates you. Right? Really? It, yes, I mean, black yeah. tea and green tea is caffeinated. It is caffeine, yeah. And it's a diuretic. It's going to make you urinate a lot more. So you're going right. to you're going to leach nutrients and minerals and, and vitamins, and you're not going to replenish that. Yeah, and you're going to be like just peeing like the most yellow pee of all time. <laughs> That's like the the thing that you should be paying attention for. Like your pee should be clear. You know, you really, I, I love that you brought that up, but you really should be keeping track of all your bodily functions, right? Um, your urination, you should be checking your stools every time yeah. you go. You should be looking, you know, is there any blood? Is there any mucus? Is there any undigested food? Other than corn, that's normal, right? But <laughs> if there's anything else in there, you got a problem. Is it black? Is there, you know, is it solid form? Um, that's one of the best indicators of your health, of your gut health, right? Yeah. Um, and as well as for, you know, maybe your cycle for... If you're having one, right? Yeah. Like it's, you know, it should be normal. All these things should be relatively pain-free. And if there's any sort of inconsistency or anything's, um, you're not going when you should be, 
something's wrong and that's like a check engine light in a car and you better check yeah, that engine your body before. will tell you when there's a problem exactly right like it'll let you know and you have to pay attention to that no i totally agree periods should really be pain-free and i didn't learn that until recently when i started taking a chinese medicine um you know like a herbal herbal like yeah. concoction that my tcm practitioner gave to me and i was like wow my whole life, I thought periods were supposed to be super painful, but there can just be like a normal experience. It can just be another day. We, it, it should be exactly right. correct. I mean, you might have a little discomfort, you might be a little fatigued, right? Because you're losing blood so and much iron, blood, yeah. but you should not be in bed. You should not have to take over-the-counter medications or, or otherwise. And that's an indication of dysfunction within your body. Yeah, and, and so it, many people don't know that because it's so normalized, like the pain culture, right? It's so normal here. The it is, but also uh, conventional medicine is notoriously horrific, especially with dealing with these kinds of issues, right? And the, your two options are basically birth control or hysterectomy, which is horrendous. Um, yeah, they're rough. And there's so much more out there, right? And a lot of it is, you know, you know, the most common cause of uh, cycle issues is usually insulin resistance or you know blood sugar being out of whack. There's lots of other things that can kind of um, anemia. There's there's all sorts of things that can contribute to it, but. Oftentimes it's not rocket science. And if you work with an herbalist or you know, a naturopath or an acupuncturist or a functional medicine doctor, they can typically help and they're experts at uh, yeah. trying to figure out what's the root cause of this, not just take this not pill Not just like to, a pain reliever, not just like cover up and band-aid the solution, but to with, actually help you solve it for real. Well, when you do the band-aid route, eventually it's gonna get worse, yeah. right? It's solving it. It's festering it, underneath uh, there. <laughs> bingo, and it's gonna erupt at some point or you're gonna collapse. Yeah, 100%. When I first um, saw you last year at the Wonderland Conference, you were part of a panel on functional medicine and the gut health or the gut brain access, yep. right? Do you mind giving us a super quick rundown of like what the gut brain access is? Yeah, so we call it now the enteric nervous system or okay. the second brain. Rebrand. <laughs> right. And what they've discovered in the last uh, few years, really, is the uh, the gut, the intestines, uh, the stomach, there's five times as many neural connections leaving the gut to the brain as there is actually from the brain to the gut. That's, that's so crazy. I, I read a statistic, I don't remember where, but it said that like 80% of your serotonin it's is more. stored it's actually, in your gut. Well, 90 to 95% <gasps> of it is actually produced in the gut. However, some recent studies have shed light and kind of questioned um, how much that serotonin actually has to do with mental health okay. and brain health. Because you have different type of serotonin in the brain and the serotonin in the gut doesn't necessarily cross the, the blood-brain barrier and it's used for other types of functions. Right. Um, okay, outside enough. of serotonin, and that was the theory, and even a year ago we were talking about that and I for think sure. that was the common theory. But as science, you know, science moves fast. <laughs> exactly. So um, there are a lot, a lot of other hormones, a lot of other aspects, and a lot of um, other you know, information that's being transmitted from the gut to the brain. And we don't know it all yet. We're still learning. Yeah. What do you, th do you think that um, eating healthy and like a lifestyle thing, like if you, do you think that if you eat healthy and you have like, you know, a generally like considered healthy lifestyle that you would be like a mentally happy person as well? Or do you think that, that is a very separate thing regardless of your outside life? So it's a, it's a great question and, and the answer is usually yes, not always though. Right? Right. So about 80% of cases that I see can probably be treated from diet, lifestyle, some simple things, Sleep, hydration, obviously, herbal we changes. talk about Sleep, that. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, however, you do get cases where people come in and they have a very healthy lifestyle, but they still suffer from crippling anxiety right. or treatment-resistant depression. It's possible. It is possible, yeah. Everybody's brain is different. And Bingo. I mean, there's so many theories out there too. Like we don't actually really know how it works. Like at the end of the day, all this stuff is just ideas. The biggest thing I've seen now the last couple of years is uh, keto diets actually having oh tremendous gosh. effects on mental health. So wait, positive or negative? Uh, positive. Really? Yeah, they're actually using keto to, to treat bipolar and schizophrenia and lots of other things now. And they're doing research on it now for, um, you know, different cancers and MS and Parkinson's and things like that. That's so interesting. I, I didn't know that. I always thought keto was like so crazy because I used to have like this coworker who was on the keto diet. Yeah. I would just see him every day eating a brick of cheese. Well, <laughs> I would not recommend that. And uh, just to be clear, everything we're talking about is not medical advice. It's for educational. For sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll pop that disclaimer in there. <laughs> However, there is, you know, there's clean keto and then there's crazy keto. And when we put your body in a ketosis, right, it's not meant to be long term either. So yeah. a lot of people don't really know what they're doing with keto and they can get themselves in trouble. And it can be very unhealthy and some people do very poorly with it, but um, some people thrive on it. So it, it really just depends. My, I was vegan for about three years and I'm recently starting to transition out of it into vegetarianism. Mm -hmm. And then I would like to, I mean, my acupuncturist, my naturopath, like all the kind of specialists that I see are really like, you have to stop being vegan. Do you think that it's a healthy diet? Or do you think it's a sustainable diet? That may be a better question. For some people. Right. Right. And I tried the same thing. I'm all for, you know, animal rights. You're going to experiment, for, right? Yeah. You know, whatever we can do to help preserve the environment. Uh, you know, so I had gone vegan twice for probably three to six months at a time. And mm -hmm. it was extremely unhealthy for me. And I went from being very healthy to being very sick. And the same thing, I had not only traditional Chinese medicine doctors, but medical doctors and nutritionists and other people tell me, listen, this, this is going to kill you. you. Yeah. You need to stop. Now, I know vegans that are very healthy. I also know vegans that are very unhealthy. And I see a lot of people in the clinic that come in and they're so attached to the lifestyle and the dogma of being vegan that they're not taking good medical advice, even though they're coming to you to ask for it. For sure. And they won't listen to it. Now, there are certain things that you can obviously supplement sometimes that may get you around that, but sometimes it's just not enough. And the only way to find out, it really is an individual basis. And it's good to, if you can't figure it out on your own and if you're not feeling good, that's when I'd recommend see a professional, see a functional medicine doctor, see an acupuncturist, see an, a nutritionist that can help you kind of guide you through it. And if that's not working, then find another one. Don't give up because everybody's different. Every practitioner is different and you never know what's gonna work for you. And it is, unfortunately, it's practicing medicine. So there is some trial and error. For sure, yeah, that's definitely my, my goal is to have like a team of like natural kind of holistic type doctors and specialists that I can see instead of always going to like the, you know, the normal doctor. So I feel like they always just give me like a painkiller or something. <laughs> yeah. And I was on that side too, which is one of the reasons I'm doing this now. So I, you, you switched from being like a, you know, a normal medical doctor all the way into the no, functional medicine no. side? No, I, uh, I'll give you the background quickly. I, uh, I spent my whole life in martial arts. Okay. And I wow. started getting into the uh, Eastern medicine, holistic medicine about 20 years ago right. uh, from my acupuncturist and my Qigong master. And then about 13, 14, and I wasn't in the medical field. I mean, I was studying with him. I was apprenticing. I was interning. I was always fascinated by it because uh, it worked. And I yeah. thought, uh, you know, the whole lifestyle thing was super cool and it just made sense, you know. And yeah, it, it really makes sense to me, too. I totally agree. Like, uh, preventative. I, 
Yeah, it makes sense. And also, like, the when I, I knew about, like, the Chinese, like, clock, body mm-hmm. clock, before right. I started getting acupuncture. And I was like, this totally tracks. And every time I talk to my acupuncturist, who I see very regularly, I'm like, oh, this, like, it works. I started seeing it from my migraines. It works. And, and we diagnose like that sometimes. But what happened was about 13 years ago, I got deathly ill. And I was disabled for almost a whole year. Oh, my God. I, uh, yeah, I was having hot flashes, chills, fatigue, depression, uh, carpal tunnel, tendonitis, systemic joint pain neck and back pain, I couldn't work. I saw a dozen doctors and specialists. Oh my and, God, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. And all they kept telling me was your labs are fine. Here's muscle relaxers, here's pain pills, go home and die. And that wasn't acceptable for me. And then finally, right. uh, a friend of mine who is a formulary, uh, Reed Eckert, he invents vitamins and basically is like a, a pioneer in a functional field. And uh, he put me back together again, put me with a good chiropractor, had me change my diet, my lifestyle, gave me the right nutrients and I made a full recovery. And I haven't experienced that and lived that and being so frustrated with the conventional medical system. Uh, you know, I was 30, 31 at the time. And I was like, I, I have insurance. I, I live in the U.S. I should be able to get good health care. And this is, you know, outrageous that I yeah. can't get any help. So that made me want to go into the career path that I'm on. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like change it from the inside, right? Be the change. Exactly. Right? It, exactly. And it just, and it, I mean, it was almost like divine intervention. I was like, I need a, well, one, I knew I couldn't go back to the same lifestyle because I'd end up in the same place again. And two, uh, I want to help other people that are navigating that because it is, it's just, uh, and the, the problem is, you know, the, the doctors are also um, very disrespectful and very dismissive of people's mm. symptoms and, and signs. Uh, if it's not something they can quantify, they'll say, oh, it's all in your head. It's anxiety. Take some Xanax. Oh, wow. like, get on my, you know, oh, you're depressed. Here's some SSRIs, right? right? And then you're getting people more and more sick and giving them more symptoms. Yeah. Well, acupuncture helped me. It obviously helped you in this general like lifestyle switch. Is there anybody that you think that it is not for? Um, you know, we treat almost everybody and everything. We, I've had patients as old as, you know, one, two years old. Uh, really? My three-year-old uh, likes acupuncture now and uh, <gasps> takes the needles, needles out himself. It's, it's pretty funny. You know, there's very rarely out of the, you know, I don't know, thousands and thousands of patients I've treated, there's been a couple that are just hypersensitive. The type of people where, like, literally, if you poke them and they're like, ow. Oh, so, like, it's a pain thing. It's, it's part of it is a pain thing, but I think uh, a lot of it is just um, relinquishing control. Mm-hmm. They don't like to be in a, in a situation where, one, where maybe it hurts, or two, they feel like they can't move freely or don't have control over the situation. So, it's super, super rare. I mean, probably less than 1% of the population. Most people do very well with it. I think, in general, everybody's afraid of needles if, until they've kind of experienced it because they have the you know maybe the trauma from getting shots or you know vaccines or yeah. having their blood drawn and watching oh a gosh. big needle in their vein and you know uh, things like that and, and nobody likes that and i understand so i always tell me it's acupuncture is not like that it's very relaxing usually yeah that, that's definitely my thing too i always think it's so funny like i i have such a fear of needles like every time i have to get blood work done i'm always like crying and freaking out and dreading it and but then, the tattoos don't but work. i have so many tattoos and i go, go to my acupuncturist pretty much every week like i'm always doing needle related stuff but it's, it's not different. the same it's, it's not different. the same at all no. and every time i get blood work done and i'm you know crying they'll be like oh but like you have so many tattoos i'm like but it's not the same at all babe it's the blood i don't like it's the blood and i think going into a vein something about yeah. that is freaky i also it's different don't, than an injection yeah and i also really don't like like um you ever had like anesthetic done to you for like uh, like a surgery or whatever? Like needle anesthetic? Yeah. I just don't like a needle under my skin. It freaks me out. I can't even watch it on TV. 
I have like the shivers just thinking about it now. Oh my gosh. I, I think I used to be more sensitive to it. And then once I got into medical, I kind of learned to appreciate it and, and kind of just, it demystifies it a little bit. And you realize the vasovagal reactions and like people passing out from it. You, when you understand the physiology and the anatomy behind it and, and the processes, I think it kind of takes some of the nervousness out of it. That, that makes sense. I mean, that was like me with like spiders. I was so scared of them. And then the museum in Toronto had like a big spider exhibit. I was like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna face my fear. And I'm still scared of them. <laughs> I, now, I, I mean, I definitely don't like them. I'm like yeah. not a fan, but Snakes I, res and spiders I respect them more. Snakes and spiders, you live in Florida. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. I mean, I like I like Florida though, because you guys have like lizards everywhere. We don't have that in Canada. We just have like a colossal- It's like Jurassic Park out here. I know you guys have so many like random wildlife and the lizards are, are curly. Yeah, the big ones. Yeah. And those are new because like when oh. I grew up out here, we didn't have those. We had the little lizards. And, yeah. And I think uh, I think the dinosaurs are coming back. They've killed all the little lizards. The big ones are taking over. Oh, I love and they're that. just growing. Yeah, all well, the crocs and the alligators, they're they're dinosaurs for sure. Yeah, definitely. We're one of the only ecosystems in the world that actually has crocs and alligators coexisting in the in the same place. So it's a uh, very diverse wildlife out here. In I had to do some my own reading on that because I still don't really know the difference. Um, okay, the, the crocs more. are saltwater and okay. they have the pointy noses. Okay. And the alligators have more of a round nose and they're freshwater. Although sometimes they'll meet in the middle of the estuaries where the bay comes into the where the river water they, kind of meets friends? the. Um, it's a good question. I don't know. Do I, I, like, I feel like they'd be more competitive, but yeah, do you think like a similar? I mean, is there a size species. difference? I'm not an expert, but uh, they both get pretty big. Man. We actually have the largest croc in the world in captivity here at uh, Jungle Island. I want to say it was, I know you're probably on a metric system, but I think it was over 22, 23 feet long or something like that. 23 so feet long. That'd be about six meters maybe. That is six. so... It's, it looks like a dinosaur. Huge. Yeah, it is. <gasps> I got to see it. I feel bad that he's in captivity though. Me too. Like, let's Okay, cool. Quick question. Um, what do you think about SSRI medication? There's been a lot of studies coming out these days saying that they don't work. I'm reading a really interesting book right now called Children of the Cure. I don't know if you've heard of that one. N not necessarily that book. I uh, personally, I'm not a fan. I wouldn't recommend people just quit their meds because that would be irresponsible. No, no, no. I mean, if, you, if you've yeah. been taking them for so long, definitely don't just stop. So, you know, we saw the research that came out recently, uh, you know, they released a paper uh, based on 50 years of data on SSRI saying the entire theory of how they work in serotonin was completely wrong. It, it was all based on a, an incorrect model. Mm -hmm. And they do work for some people. The percentage of efficacy, I think, on them is very, very low. And the problem with them that I have more than that is they have a lot of terrible side effects. And when people have the side yeah. effects, their doctors generally tell them, well, you just got to keep taking them or I'll give you more drugs for the side effects. So I am, uh, uh, I'm not a fan. I do have patients that say that they do work for them. I think if you look at the data and the research on them, they're actually meant more for short-term use, but you'll find people that come in and they've been on them for 30 years. So yeah. Yeah, that was, one of, that was one of the stats in the book. So the book, Children of the Cure, is about um, how this one study about um, Paxil in children was basically like ghost-written and not correct. And all a lot of these children that were taking these SSRIs and like Paxil and Zoloft and, and Prozac, they ended up um, like killing themselves. And well, that, then they were saying that that's effects. one of the side effects of an SSRI, which is it's an right. antidepressant. And then so they, that's what they were saying that what was happening was these children in these studies were um, taking these SSRIs 
becoming way more depressed and they were killing, committing suicide. And then, um, you know, the parents would sue, obviously. And then the, the companies would be like, well, your child was in a study for major depressive disorder. How do you know it wasn't the depression that made them do that? My personal opinion is that we should not be drugging our children. Yeah. With pretty much anything, unless it's an emergency. Yeah. It's a... Uh... It's a really wild book. I recommend taking a look. It's written by like doctors and stuff, and I think they were like responsible for the study and then wanting to like share the truth. Our system is so backwards. I mean, you know, the ADHD drugs, antidepressants, all this stuff. I mean, if you feed the kids a real diet and give them activities and hands-on learning, I, I know I did terrible in school as a child. I. You're not meant to sit at a desk for eight hours. You're not. That's the thing. You're also not meant to be like scrolling on the phone, watching like hyper blinking like screen videos for like, you know, five hours a day or whatever. Like, no wonder you can't focus. Every video is seven seconds long. Like, I mean, even myself, like even my mom, right? Like she'll tell like we were hanging out this summer and she was like, oh, I'm I'm, I can't like read that much anymore. Like I'm reading my book and then I. I get distracted, like this is everybody. Is that an average person is eating probably seven or eight days worth of sugar in a single day, right? Like Between from what, like candies and stuff? Not just candies, I mean, every single processed food has added sugar and the carbs. The carbs, there's an enzyme called amylase that as soon as a carbohydrate touches your mouth, you start converting it into sugar, which is why the keto works for so well for some people because you can actually break the insulin resistance. Right, right, right. Building up. Um, I guess one more question. I want it to be something fun. What do you, I mean, I, okay, I'm visiting Miami for the second time, trying to enjoy the city. What should I see? And also if somebody else is planning to visit Miami, what should they see? I guess you could say crocs and alligators, but. <laughs> uh, you know, it depends how much time you have. I, I usually do recommend people do airboat rides in Everglades. If you have some time, it's a lot of fun. And yeah. sometimes you can actually go out there and see some. You know, we have some of uh, the, like, Native Indian village stuff that you can do out here. Right on. But, um, you know, most people, if you're just here for a few days, I would say definitely see South Beach. Just walk down Ocean Drive, check out South Point Park. Uh, the water is beautiful. It's crystal clear. Just, you know, see all the fancy cars out there on Ocean Drive. You just see the lifestyle. You right know, on. Get, get some food out there. Uh, Wynwood is one of my favorites. I was going to Wynwood when... Uh, I was throwing parties there in the 90s. When yeah, you, you've was... done so much. You've done martial arts. You're an acupuncturist. You're a DJ. You're an artist. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, which is why you see all that in Wynwood, right? You have yeah. uh, Wynwood. We have some of the best art scenes uh, in the world. Right? Yeah, There's... Wynwood for sure has the best, like, street art I've, I've ever seen in the world. And I say that, like, you know, you know you've, you've been to New York. People come and... from all over the world to paint here for Art it's, Basel. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's really good stuff. We're actually, we're doing a, a breakdancing competition at the Museum of Graffiti uh, in cool. a couple of weeks. Oh, right. And you, and you breakdance as fun. well. You do it all. I, uh, I organize competitions. I really respect that you have so many interests. I've always um, felt that that was like a, a flaw of mine. Like growing up, I felt like I didn't have like one thing. So growing up and seeing like, you know, adults and peers who, you know, I look up to also having multiple interests and having that like manifesting generator. If you follow human design um energy i don't know it's very inspiring so I, I appreciate that and i always thought it was a flaw that i did too many things and never Same. like maybe mastered the one, one thing, yeah you know
Yeah, it's really cool. But yeah, thank you so much, Dr. Fields, for talking to me and visiting Sophie Land. Where where can people find you, or where do you want people to visit on your websites or whatnot? Well, uh, thank you for having me. It's been an honor to be on. I think that the best way to find me is just go um, on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook at Jonathan M. Fields, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, the letter M, Fields. Awesome. And the name of your clinic's down here in Miami, if yeah, people want to Yeah, uh, we have Create Health, which is CR8 Health, and you can find that at CR8Health.com or at CR8Health, and then New Path Mind and Wellness or New Path Mind is the, the new space that we're going to be opening up. Perfect. Thank you so much again. Thank you to all the listeners for listening to Sophie Land. And thank you to Moore for doing all my audio and the video editing that's going to come. As for me, you can find me on Instagram at Sophie Does Everything. For now, I know I threaten every episode to delete it. And I probably won't for the next little while or on my Substack, um, sophiemigalova.substack.com. And also check out shroomtown.substack.com as well. Thank you. I love you. Bye. Peace out, Sophie Land. <laughs>